Well, welcome back. This is segment two. Uh, we are talking to two individuals from Google Cloud. Uh, their names Manisha Deshpande and uh, Joida Banerjee. And um, in our first segment, we, we talked about strategy. We talked about data strategy and business strategy and some of the things that the chief data officer really needs to take note of when it comes to hooking the data strategy directly into the business strategy. Now, in this second segment, we're gonna we're gonna dive a bit deeper into the technology investment side of things. Um, you know, specifically looking at the data platform and how that needs to be handled. And um, let's kick it off by by a question to Joida. Um, how does a CDO know that they've made the right investments in the data foundation that they've got? You know, it's it's something that they're always sitting there scratching their heads and saying, I don't know if I've done enough uh, or if I've even invested in the right area. Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And one, you know, we in our conversations have to really build a case for and, and partner with CDOs in really walking them through the advantages of our platform and how they need to think about the right investments. So. I like to think about it across all my conversations in, I'll say four R's, right? Um, is, is your platform robust? Is it resilient? Is it responsive? And have you taken considerations for risk into, you know, into the creation of that platform? I'll walk you through each of them. Um, why robust? You know, when we create a data platform, our conversations are focused on has the team thought about all the best practices to assess, design, plan, and implement that cloud data platform? Now, most of our customers already have some existing platform. They are making this shift to a cloud environment. And so they're really taking the, the balances of what is uh, on-prem today, what might be on another cloud provider, what they might want to move to Google. And so it is a, a constant balance between assessing the best practices to create that data foundation and to make it a really robust one that is adaptable for the future. And that brings me to the next one, which is, is your data platform responsive? And when we think about responsiveness, it is needs to be responsive, responsive both in terms of the changing technology trends and changing business trends. From a technology perspective, responsiveness is really are you speeding up data pipelines around ingestion, transformation, curation, and consumption, and finally activation? That's how responsive your platform needs to be. At the scale and speed with which data is changing today and data gravity is changing, you need for that platform to be very agile and responsive, reusable almost, so that the designs and patterns that you have will support not just your initial use cases, but reducing time and responsiveness and effort for the future use cases. So that's how you need to think about the responsiveness of the platform. Resiliency. Now, resiliency is really all about the, the governance and the security that you build into the data platform. You know, in our first segment, we talked about the risk of a data breach. It is very real. And we work with customers where we really don't want for them to be featured on the Wall Street Journal headline with a data breach, right? And so really building in the security controls and protocols, the governance so that it is in the wild, wild west and, you know, everyone has access into the platform that really creates the resiliency in the platform. And finally, risk, right? One of the critical things of risk is, as you do this migration, 
you know, you almost have to think about operating two platforms at the same time. You know, you're moving from an on-prem into a cloud environment or you're operating in two different uh, environments. And you always need to think about the people, the access and the risk of migration as you move to the cloud. So I'll say, you know, when, when you put that framework and you look at every one of the levers, if you will, in the construct of robustness, resiliency, responsiveness, and risk reduction, you know you've made the right investments in that data platform. Mm -hmm. Nice. I like the four R's. I mean, I'm going to remember that one. Thank you. <laughs> so, Manisha, maybe uh, we could we could ask you uh, the, what are the you finding are the best practices, the key best practices that that chief data officers should keep in mind when creating a robust uh, data platform? Sure. So I'd say the first is, this is a team sport, right? So recruiting representatives from the line of business, from the office of the CFO, as well as CISO and security helps to ensure that the right groups cross-functionally are really invested in the success of your data project, right? So we were working with a customer recently who actually did an amazing job addressing the four R's that Joitha referenced, but the project ultimately failed. And the reason why is because that person didn't have the right cross-functional set of stakeholders um, to really see out the project. And, and think about it, in a world where we are also interconnected, our success kind of depends on other people really being a part of it and, and buying in, right? Sometimes it's a lot easier to, to work on something discreetly um, and, and I'm all for pilots, but at the end of the day, when you're driving a significant data strategy project, um, and, and we're saying that that data strategy project should be aligned to your organization's highest goals and objectives, it's incredibly important to make sure that you have uh, the right set of representatives and stakeholders aligned and really invested in, in the success of that project. Um, so that's number one. Number two, I think is, um, you know, I wouldn't be here, if, you know, I wouldn't be here if I didn't say this, develop a robust business case incorporating what we've been discussing previously, which is, again, tech optimization, um, tech and cost optimization, operational effects, effectiveness benefits, and people benefits before the project begins, and ensure that your initiative is sponsored, again, sponsorship super important, by the highest level executive you can obtain. Use this business case as a blueprint for the overall strategy and project, right? It can be helpful in determining its overall timing and phasing. Um, as part of this, this organizations to think about how to benchmark the baseline so that then they can clearly define what success looks like. And everybody in the room can then, you know, look around, nod their heads and say, yeah, this is the business case and this is what it was intended to be. It's really interesting because we spend a lot of time developing business cases with our clients and it's used as a mechanism to, to gain buy-in and, and a green light on a project, but it's not necessarily leveraged as, as the blueprint for how the project should, should take place. And if we can leverage the business cases, that common thread, this is, these are the use cases. This is where we want to achieve the most cost. You know, this is what the phasing looks like. It really helps keep everybody aligned. The third area is, you know, what we've observed is you can do this bite-sized. So what we've observed, especially in this macroeconomic environment, is that organizations are reluctant to drive large spanning data strategy and replatform changes. 
they know they need to modernize, right? But it might they might prefer to, to sequence the changes, one workload or business area at a time. And, and that makes sense too. And in those insta instances, I'd again suggest looking at that low-hanging fruit, an immediate business challenge that can be solved with better access to data and more organizational alignment. So for example, for retailers, this could be around personalization or preventing stockouts. For manufacturers, it may be around improving inventory visibility or, or optimizing routing, but basically identifying these high value use cases and mapping them to technical and operational feasibility will determine the sequencing. And the quick win, right, if done well, the quick win then can go and fund the next use case and so on. So those are the three best practices that I would recommend. Yeah, absolutely. Those, those sound really really good um especially uh, kind of breaking it down into small pieces and you know tackling the really high value ones um and getting a bunch of people to really rally around that make a success absolutely the way to go and and the best cdo successes i think that we've been hearing over the years are those that that have really taken that kind of approach so yeah great great to hear that that continues to be a, a key thing that you're hearing Maybe we could we could segue into uh, a, a bit of an example here. Uh, Joita, would you be able to sh maybe share with us a customer that was able to get value from their their data platform? I, my favorite question because I, I love to talk about all our customer wins. Um, so I'll talk to you about a, a retail customer, one of uh, you know one of our. Uh, dearly beloved customers I, i'm going to keep it anonymized here but you know they were looking at a modernization strategy across their data platform uh primarily on-prem uh their data warehouse was primarily on-prem and it was under immense stress because as the data was growing so were their costs um and their analysts were you know utilizing the data with increasingly complex use cases and so when you think about a, a situation where data is growing at an accelerated pace, demand from the business is coming in at an accelerated place, uh, at an ac accelerated pace, pace, pace sorry, uh, adding on that on-prem capacity took them almost six months of planning and three days of service outages. Now that, you know, if you tie back to when I was thinking, when I, in the first segment, when I talked about the revenue loss due to planned and unplanned outages, you can imagine what how much that can be. And so they were really at, you know, really at conundrum and, and at a crossroad to, I really need to modernize this platform. And so we worked with the customer to really talk them through our, you know, the capabilities of our data cloud. We demonstrated in a business case how we were more cost efficient. Moving them um, while maintaining that legacy on-prem was obviously going to be a challenge, but We've done this before. We partnered very closely with them throughout the, the migration journey. And, and to give you a data point, um, while their legacy data warehouse contained 400 terabytes of data, today the Google data platform has over 15 petabytes of data. Mm. 450 terabytes to today, 15 petabytes. And that's the scale that we were able to provide them. And, and to tie it back to, again, these use cases, right? Because that's ultimately the business value. They were able to see a 96% reduction in processing time across their supply chain, customer order, store performance use cases. 
all very critical to the business. So really such a powerful story of starting with what could potentially just have been a technology challenge, right? And you can throw uh, more on-prem, um, you know, more on-prem on environment at it and have that cost go up. But, but this customer really took a step back to think about what would help them scale while optimizing costs and delivering value for the business. And that's what we were able to do here. Mm. I love to hear those types of stories. That's great, great stuff. And, uh, and certainly the, the data and analytics leaders of that company must be uh, walking around uh, very happy with themselves and very happy with their decision. I so, would like to think so, yes. I would yeah. like to think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, as far as segment two is concerned, I think we've given it uh, a good deal of discussion here. We've got the, hopefully our audience nicely focused in terms of, you know, some ideas around technology investments and, and what they can look for. Um, so I think let's, let's call this segment to a close and uh, let's make sure audience remember there are three segments. <laughs> if you come in on segment two, go back and check out segment one and then come join us in segment three. There's lots more interesting stuff to cover there. <laughs>